Hello, everyone, and welcome to the GM Hockey Podcast. My name is Tony Galski, and I'm joined by Andy. Andy, how's it going? Andy Mysek. Got to get your full name in there. Yeah. How's it going, Andy? <laughs> yeah, people really care. Um, I'm doing good. Doing good. Um, been a while, but life sometimes gets in the way. Right. Yep. Just as sometimes, sometimes it does. Um, let's kick it off with the all-star game. Cause actually not a lot has happened with the Hawks. Yeah. They've been the last podcast. They've been off. So good time for life to get in the way, but the all-star game happened, uh, since the last time we recorded. So we'll start there. Um, I think we have the same opinion about the all-star game though. So I'll let you, let you get your opinions out there. Then I'll throw mine and uh, we'll discuss from there. Yeah. For me, the all-star game, you know, I remember growing up as a kid and I used to love watching the skills competition and just the, the whole weekend, the I, whole weekend in the, in the game, the game was okay. The game but... sometimes felt like it meant a little more. The three, I guess I'm getting into my opinions, but the three on three thing is I'm done with it. It's stupid. I think it worked out well that first season because the Pacific actually had a reason to play for it and guys were interested to see how the the format affected like how they were just interested in the format. Well three on three was and, new. It was a way to showcase it. Um but now it it almost I don't know. We've talked about this a ton off off the podcast, but just that it doesn't even feel like it's an all-star game. It's, you know, everyone needs a representative and the host team needs the most representative. So you can see guys like Bertuzzi who, you know, you can make an argument that Duclair had 21 goals the first half of the season. He, he probably deserved to squeak in, but guys like Bertuzzi, David Perron, who was voted in, I hate the vote in, uh, the vote-in players. Uh, and then you, you don't see actual all-stars there. Um, everyone needs a representative. Uh, so a guy like Leonard can't make the all-star game. Dumb. Right, because Connor Hellebuck has to Well, they had Shifley. They had Shifley, too. And maybe Bennington doesn't need to be there either. I, I mean, he won the Stanley Cup, yes, but now St. Louis has four representatives. And, boy, I, I don't know. I feel like St. Louis isn't a team with all-stars. It's a team that plays by committee. So having four all-stars just feels a little off to me for that team. Right, like their all-stars are pretty much limited to O'Reilly, Trangelo, and... Petrangelo and Tarasenko. I would almost say I would almost say Tarasenko hasn't quite been at that level in a couple years. Uh, Petrangelo is he's a solid D. I'll give you that, and I think O'Reilly is actually more of an All Star up front. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I just think you know, with what the getting kind of back to like the actual just the format of it, like. For me, like, I used to, like, and I don't know what your opinions are on, like, the technology and stuff that are that's in the game now, the skills competition. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, the, the hardest shot is 
I, I like the technology placement there. I I hate I hated the technology that they used for the accuracy, the shooting accuracy. Oh, awful! Um, so stupid. It's like sometimes if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, and I'm all and for just, I'm all for the technology when it comes to statistics. I like that they're putting it in the jerseys where you could see top speed, average speed, that all that stuff's cool. But when it inhibits the events, like the, the accuracy, the, which is a great example. It's so dumb. Don't do it. Don't yeah. Do it. It's it. Don't do it. And just cause like, there's nothing wrong with the other, with the, with the previous formats. No, not at all. It was, it was just, you can hit as many, the first person to hit four targets the fastest wins time won the event, and now it's uh they tried hitting to, a hitting a board on. with like little ice images with their name and their nickname and their number and team logo. Dumb, dumb. Yeah, no one cares about that. So like, dumb. I think it's for people who aren't interested in hockey. You get a little idea of who this player is. All right. They play for Edmonton, like dry played for Edmonton. First time all-star appearance. Uh, you get his nickname, his number. Okay. It doesn't need to, that's not how you do it. It's annoying. And it actually, one of the players kind of got screwed by it. It didn't work right. I forgot. Right. Who, yeah. But I think it was Bertuzzi. Was it? I think one of I the players he hit the target like three times in a row. Yeah, one of the players was hitting the target and it wasn't breaking. And that's you know, that's the all star game in a nutshell for me. Nothing works anymore. It's all kind of falling flat. They used to do, you know, they always had gimmicks in the all star game because NHL is always trying to feels like it's always trying to play catch up to the other big three sports. And now that it's actually kind of legitimate. Um, it's still doing these really bad gimmicks. Um, but like you look at some of them that really worked, uh, the world versus North America, kind of a cool concept. Uh, the, the draft was fun that added an extra day to the all-star game as well. Um, but now they got the gimmick is three on three. And then that shooting star event. That was dumb. <laughs> right. And the shooting star event, you can't do in every arena. It's not a plausible but, thing. But, like St. Louis works because they do have that like kind of random suite area. That's not really like a suite area. Yeah. You can set up like a platform like where I would, I, you, you literally probably have to take away like a full section of the 200 level or even the 100 level for that to work for at the United center. But even and so, like you're taking, you're taking some really skilled players and you're doing an event that doesn't showcase their skill. Like Kane, Marner, Sagan, boy, that's quite a waste of some really talented players up there. Yeah, I agree. It, it was kind of, kind of sucked to have those guys, um, not partake in any in any of like the what I've done to call like real events. Yeah. Um, they're in the I, gimmick. I, yeah, I just uh, 
Especially um, if you're a, a and star. the thing didn't work. Oh, the, uh, also, the they clearly rigged that event. So where like Ryan O'Reilly was supposed to get within striking distance, uh, and then Brett Hall was supposed to come out and and hit the target. Hit target, and then uh, it's gonna be a three way tie, or was gonna be he was gonna win or something. Yeah, and Brett Hall's shot was awful, and. So then, like, Ryan O'Reilly was like, well, wait, I still get my shot. And, like, Kane and Marner were confused. Everybody was confused. <laughs> it was and typical then, NHL all-star game shenanigans. It's like, well, maybe you guys should have just not have tried to rig this and just said, like, you know, like, have, like, what would have been a better idea is break O'Reilly's stick, but, like, do it and hand him a broken stick that's, you know, and just tell him on your first shot. You know, you're just going to lean on your stick a little bit and it's going to snap. And then after it snaps, we'll be like, oh, we need to get you a new stick. And then Brett Hall comes out with two sticks, you know, one for himself, one for you, one for you. And then he takes a, so like a celebrity shot. What and I think so is they should just that not been a have better, event. <laughs> yeah, but that would have been a better thing to do than like be like oh yeah i don't know we're gonna try to get him to win it because like well now he's gotta hit the 10 pointer in the middle (laughs) it was um i don't know and like okay these are nhl players and you have all these stupid little targets set around like they're gonna actually do chip shots for the four points no they're all gonna aim for the big 10 and in fact, uh, Marner and Kane both missed it. Kane's just happened to hit the two behind it. It's like no one right. took a shot that wasn't for the ten. It was oh yeah yeah so uh, of course. <laughs> so and the uh, the way they designed that arch, man, where like you had to get it through the first arch, mm-hmm. the second arch didn't count because it was behind the target. And like, well, why does the second arch exist then? <laughs> like why did nobody think to put a piece of wood a piece of black wood or silver wood over that and then but then you could have at least you know or color the first arch like a different color so it distinguishes like you have to get it through the first arch you can't just hit the backboard like those don't count I so like i hate none it. of that was like, explained at all like none of that was uh it was like a typical nhl event man it was just it was just it, it was as embarrassing as the stanley like comic book things they tried to do back in like 2011 it was or 2012 around that time where they did the the guardians project i mean that, oh god that was about as bad as that um i will say though you know i hate <laughs> I hate what the All Star Game is. I'm I'm sure every major fan base hates their specific sports All Star Game. But one thing I liked amongst all the the Blues, like, oh, here's a legend from the past doing something dumb, was I liked uh, the hardest shot where if they beat 101.5 by McInnes, 
$5,000 went to the player's charity of choice. Cool. I love that. Uh, And all of them could hit over 100. I think only Seth Jones didn't. So great. Right. That's a lot of money thrown around. That's that's a smart thing to do. They should have. That's what the the legend should have done. Brett Hall should have got up there, took six shots instead of taking Ryan O'Reilly's. And every player who beats that six shots gets five grand for their charity of choice. Hardest shot, they did it right. Fastest skater, you can't really do that with because none of the old guys can skate <laughs> that fast anymore. But yeah, I mean, Who's you get the record holder for the longest time. Longest or shortest? Longest time. It was like, Oh, I did. I actually missed uh fastest skater this year. No, I'm was, just saying who was the record holder for that though? Who like of remember? all time who took the longest? No, like who like he held it from like the early two thousands until like Dylan oh. Larkin finally broke it. Oh, I I couldn't tell you. I don't I don't know. Yeah, it was somebody held that record for a while. Speaking speaking of records, did you uh, see? I think it was uh, Frick in the in the NA, uh, AHL All Star Game beat Char's hardest shot. Yeah, hundred nine miles an hour. It's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible uh, for what I would consider a bust. Because yeah, I, I mean he was a high round. I think he was like a first second round pick by D- Detroit. Maybe um, I could be wrong, but yeah, I think he he was picked relatively high and uh, kind of busted. But boy, he'll be remembered for that shot now. Oh, 100%. That's awesome. 100%. And I guess, so, I guess the last thing we need to talk about is the game. Did you watch them? I know a lot of people no, I didn't don't. Watch the game. Um, well, here's my synopsis. I didn't pay that much attention. It was it didn't captivate me. I turned it on with all intentions to watch it and uh boy, and then the Central as per usual gets knocked out. The Pacific has per usual wins it all. Pacific, where their all-stars are incredible, but the composition of their teams isn't, you know. It's just, oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's uh, it's so boring. I don't know. I, I feel, though, like that's not a controversial opinion. I'm Everyone I talk to, I mean, we were together on uh, Saturday with a couple of other guys who really into hockey, and I think everyone expressed how stupid the all-star game is. So, yep. That I mean, fifteen minutes is plenty of time to cover a stupid event. Uh, the positives, money to charity. Negatives, it still exists. The All Star Game. So cool. <laughs> that covers that. Um, yeah, not much to talk about though with the Hawks. Uh, still hovering around that playoff position. They had the week off. Come back. We had a good shootout. Uh, Kane and Taves, phenomenal. Uh, Sod still. Firing on all cylinders, strong back. Anything else to say? I mean, I think that covers everything. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, it's tough to. I like the way that they started the game, and then I feel like, you know, the week off, or the nine days, or however long they pl- had in between games, um, kind of caught up with them a little bit at, at, towards the end of that. Uh, Coyotes game. They played a pretty well, pretty good game overall. Overall, overall, uh, goaltending was great on both sides. Ranta Crawford looked good. 
that made it pretty fun. Ronta with a couple really big stops uh, on side, both in the third and overtime for the hat trick. So, yeah, shame we didn't get it, but fun game to watch. That I mean, that was what we you were over and the other guys that we mentioned earlier that we were all over. So that's kind of where we got to talk a little more hockey as well as watch the game. So, right, yeah, yeah it was, the it was fun. It was a good game to watch. It was a fun game. Yeah, not, not much to say about it. But here's what I will say, because I, I've been thinking about it. Our last episode was two weeks ago versus one week, and we, we rated the players. And every Almost every player I gave a bad rating has turned it around. <laughs> like, not just the week off. Like, they, they up to those ratings, They some of them were playing real well, but I was kind of basing it on the first 41 and how I felt kind of like I had those grades already in my head before we recorded by like a couple weeks. Um, yeah, but Taves, oh boy. It's like he learned how to score big time goals again. He, he learned how to get back on the defensive side of the puck. Ole Mata and Slater Cuckoo are like a d- defensive pairing that works. Um, Gustafson still sucks. So that rating still stands. Um, yeah, I just, every player that I took a huge shit on, playing good. So, boy, if I have to eat crow on anything, that's the thing I want to be wrong about. Right. I, I they over the last, past, I would say, you know, 15, 20 games, uh, I've actually liked what I've seen out of the Blackhawks. They're seven and three in their last 10. Um, and how you about know, the top six? The all both lines clicking. Yeah, I mean that helps out a lot. And mm-hmm. right now, the Hawks, as it stands right now, are three points out of a playoff spot with two games in hand. Yeah, it, um, it looks like those two Pacific teams, Arizona and uh, Vegas, could lose spots to two of Chicago, Nashville, and Winnipeg, and. As it stands now, I'd have my money on Chicago and Nashville. Yeah, I I read on Twitter uh, probably excuse me probably a couple of weeks ago that the Hawks were rated to have the hardest first half schedule and a bottom five easiest schedule for the second half. So plays into our favor a little there. Um, they have to come to play those games. That doesn't mean anything if they come in and shit the bed but yeah um you know (laughs) all year up until now all the podcasts we've done all the talk we've had outside our our group chat with one of our friends uh you know we sat down this friday with people we've all we've always kind of steered towards this isn't the team this isn't the team um but you know we when we were talking friday if the Hawks could manage to squeak in to the first wild card spot, that'd put them in the Pacific. Um, I like their odds there a lot better. Um, that's a big what if. You know, they, they're still competing with Nashville, Winnipeg, Vegas, Arizona. It's a lot of teams for two spots, uh, specifically the one spot I have in mind. But, mm hmm. If they get in that Pacific, 
They could do some. They could do some damage. Some big damage. If they fall into the central and they have to play Colorado or St. Louis, mm, I don't know. Hard to say. I I don't think they'd fare so well. Right the the first round matchup that I want to see that all I really care about is Edmonton Calgary. Oh God. Um, yeah. Okay. The, what I we I thought we should get into a sealer or whatever his name is Nick Sealer. Um real quick but then uh, yeah i do want to talk about that playoff series the potential of that uh but before we do that i mean this will only take like two minutes uh hawks pick took uh picked up sealer on waivers today when we're recording it uh i mean it's really a, a not a big move i like that it sends gilbert back to the minors he's too young to be playing that number seven role he might not turn into anything other than what he is now but get him some ice time, help Rockford who has fallen off quite a bit in the last month. Um, so it's good in that regard. He's a big physical kid. And by kid, I mean 26. So not kid, but big, he's physical. He could play number six. He could play. He'll probably end up a number seven. Uh, yeah. You got anything else? Uh, no, not really. I, I'd be interested to see what he can do uh, in some games here. Hopefully tomorrow um, against the Wild. That'd be awesome. We yeah. pick him up from the Wild. He plays the Wild. I mean, it would make sense. Um, mm-hmm. He might be one of those guys where you can probably put him uh, shelters minutes a little bit. Um, you know, play him on that bottom pairing defenseman. Um, I just think, you know, I like the way the team's rolling right now, so I, I don't want to mess too much with the lineup. Yeah. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it yeah. kind of a thing. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't be against, you know, maybe adding a defenseman or something to the trade deadline. Um, uh, depends. We'll we'll get to yeah. trade deadline after we talk about the Battle of Alberta. One thing I'll say, though, about him is from what I've read, from what I've heard, coaching fans, guy works hard, guy plays hard. Uh, he definitely knows his role. He is what he is, but, uh, you know, he he might add something the Hawks don't have. I don't know too much about his actual skill beyond his physical play and his work ethic, but if he's a moderately strong stay-at-home defenseman, which he's billed as a stay-at-home defenseman, sure. Um, he could play that six role if if we don't want to write, run with Kukumata, but it's working, like you said. So, yeah, we'll see where he fits. It's probably an upgrade from Gilbert, and it gives Gilbert a chance to uh, play some bigger minutes in Rockford. So it's a win from that standpoint. Yeah, yeah I agree. So let's move on to the Battle of Alberta. Uh, ba- Battle of Alberta, Edmonton and Calgary. Woo! I'm excited. Um, That's what I yeah, want. Yeah, this this is a a very good rivalry we got going on right now. Um, well, let's start off by saying that I'm biased. Edmonton's top five favorite team of mine uh, have been for a little bit now, despite them being absolute garbage for a while. Um, but man. That these last three times they've played, you know, everyone Bill talks about the Battle of Alberta, how big it is for for them. 
it has not felt like this in a while. Oh boy. It's it, the back and forth between Cassian and Kachuk. I'm glad the all-star game didn't deter that at all. And they came back and were at each other's throats. Right. Yeah. I, I, Oh man. Seen a goalie fight for the first time in forever. Um, what was, <laughs> was super nice. Like that's, I, I I I know people say fighting should be out of hockey, but um, it does bring some excitement. And I feel like in this instance where, you know, the NHL, like this is like where the players policing themselves come, uh, come comes into effect. Cause like Kachuk put those two big hits on Cassian that were borderline hits. Uh, They didn't break any rules. They're not penalties. But those are hits that you generally don't like to see on your, like on one of your teammates. So I I like the fact that you know that's you know it's allowed to it that that style of hockey isn't completely dead yet. So um, I mean I get it I get why. And this is a whole other tangent that we probably should have a whole episode dedicated to is fighting and how hockey should be governed with hits. And I get why it why the NHL wants to be wants to be a, a little more safe with their players. Um, so I, I you know I I don't want to comment too much on that, but I think what really riled them up was Kachuk. Oh no, not Kachuk. Uh, Cassian felt those hits were. You said borderline. He didn't like him at all. Uh, he took matters into his own hands. They had a little back and forth with the media as the middleman, and then Cassian got suspended. I mean, I think the way it was all handled between the media and the NHL just added more fuel to the fire. So if they're looking to protect players, stop fighting, get that kind of hitting out of the game, they went about it the wrong way. <laughs> They right. added so much extra fuel to the fire. And as a fan, like, I don't want to see anyone get hurt. Uh, I definitely am way more of an Edmonton fan. Uh, but I don't want to see anyone on Calgary get hurt. Just like, I hate the Blues. I don't want to see anyone get hurt. I don't, you know, there's a lot of risk every time people drop the gloves. I I know that, and I don't like the idea of it. But you can't argue with the the results with the fans including me when i saw that that brawl i was all in it i was all for it i wanted more and there was more i think kachuk had himself three or four but either fights or scrums that game it was awesome yeah it was it was nice to see that style like i said it was nice to see that style of hockey back um you know, and Kachuk's got a few rivalries around the NHL now. He's got Doughty, him and Judy, all, Drew Doughty, all of and, Edmonton, uh, him and Cassian, and yeah, all of Edmonton. So I think he, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't too thrilled about him not answering the bell, uh, the after that hit on Cassian, where Cassian just dropped the gloves and tried to fight him. Oh, they took, and he they just took, stood there. They took it to the next game. He, he oh, that's had, that's what I mean. I think. If Kachuk actually fights right then and there, I don't think we have that game we just had. It because depends on how the NHL it, and the media handle it, though. I think if 
if the media was, you know, kind of hush hush about it, Cassian didn't get suspended. They just, they both walked away from it without any supplemental supplementary discipline. I think you get, you know, maybe they fight and that's it. But there were, there was two games after that immediately after that. So, you know, uh, the NHL probably kind of like as much as they want to get fighting out of the game and, you know, protect people's heads because that's way more important than the game itself. They also want to make money and that's what's going to sell. Right. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why UFC is so popular right now. Because deep down, I know I shouldn't watch it, but also I kind of want to watch it. Well, you want to watch it, but at least you you know that everybody nowadays knows what they're signing up for. It's not like you're a player in the 90s who doesn't know about traumatic brain injuries and stuff like that. Like, I think it's a little like, different in hockey, whereas it's become more of a finesse sport. So you do like you want to. Is there a place for fighting? I could argue yes. I could argue no. And both are probably right. Whereas like we can't really compare it to UFC where it's like, yeah, I'm signing up to get punched in the face a few dozen times every three minutes. <laughs> so, I mean, again, that's, that's just another conversation and I don't know where I stand on it. So like I said, I could go both ways. I could change in the middle of a conversation. It's hard to say where they should go with that. All right, let's move on to the NHL trade deadline. Um, trade deadline is three weeks away from today. Uh, we're recording this on February 3rd. So if something happens between now and when this podcast comes out. Well, let's let's start with the Hawks because we are generally a Hawks podcast. Um, and we, we did talk about this on Friday. So we're either on the same page or close to it. Uh, Haw- Hawks should stand pat. For the most part, at least that's that's the general consensus I, I get from most people. Um, I know in the past we've talked about how this team should sell guys like Saad, Gustafson. Um, if they're going to push for a playoff spot, they can't do that anymore. But they also they can't give up assets because this team's not getting any younger. You're going to build around Debrinket and Kubalik and Strom. You're going to need some other pieces. So getting rid of your first is dumb. Right. Uh, but we, we did talk about moving a goalie. Uh, they got two that are starters. Um, I'm getting a feeling Leonard wants to go back and test free agency. And boy, a king you can get a king's ransom from him and still ride Crawford deep into the playoffs. Especially uh, we talked about uh get into the pacific would boy that would make things easier for the hawks so if they they could go into that with crawford and do well yeah i think you know there's a couple teams that need uh like solid goaltending like you know like a robin leonard there's you you get a, a player a prospect and a first for a guy of that talent yeah, I'm looking at the standings right now. Out of the teams that are in the playoffs or around the playoffs, 
teams that would want probably want a goalie are limited to um Columbus. Um well un- unfortunately for us, if we get into the Pacific, both Edmonton and Calgary could use a goalie. Yeah, and you could get a lot for a Robin Leonard. Um Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind a first in Sam Bennett from Calgary. If they'd be willing to give that up, I don't know. That could be asking a bit much. But, you know, they've soured on Bennett, and we like to take those uh, young kids that could be reclamation projects for better or for worse. I like that one better than Nylander. Right. Um, but that that could be a starting point. Uh, yeah, I don't know who else you'd you'd – shop a goalie to uh, at this point in time maybe Vancouver how strongly they feel about their tandem it's kind of weaker on paper right if you're in the playoffs you need those saves and I don't know necessarily if Vancouver's guys can deliver that on a night in and night out basis um you know Edmonton. You would think, like, if the if the Hawks were able to do a uh, like a like a sign and trade with Leonard or during the before, like they could theoretically go to Calgary and you know we want your first rounder Sam Bennett and another prospect with the assumption that um, you know we'll give you guys twenty four hours with Robin Leonard's agent. And if you guys can work out a contract extension, you know, you're going to pay up a little bit more for this. Cause you get them this year and then you're going to get them for years in advance. So, um, I'm looking actually, here's an interesting thought. Uh, Ca- Carolina has Toronto's first. I'd, I'd ask for that. Toronto's out of a playoff spot. Yeah, they are. They are tied for I would, the I'd last go to, one right now. Um I would I would no they're, they're out. out of it but points wise they're tied. As it stands right now it's 63 points. Carolina wins the tiebreaker. No, but I'm saying I'm looking at Toronto's pick that Carolina Oh holds. yeah, yeah. I want that one and they're out of a spot and you know Carolina's goaltending is shaky. So you offer them Leonard, you get a prospect or two, maybe a roster player. Most importantly, uh, the most important piece has to be Toronto's first. Um, and again, if, if Leonard comes in and signs with us long-term for a manageable cap hit, like a six, six and a half for a few more than, you know, somewhere around three to five years. Cool. We can move Crawford then, but I'm getting vibes of he looking for nine million, and I hate for the Hawks to spend that on a goalie. Right, and it's like Crawford is still serviceable, and if he wants to play another year or two, oh, beyond serviceable. So, uh, he's a stopgap uh, at this point in his career, but a stopgap that's he's still a solid top fifteen goalie. I was gonna I put mean, him in the top. No 10, disres- but potentially. But, I mean, no knock against him. Leonard is the better goalie. But if you can't get him at a reasonable cap hit, you 
why don't you just keep Crawford and get the assets for him? Right. Ride Crawford into the playoffs. Only one of those goalies is playing in the playoffs. So yeah, you're not going to, unless there's like a Scott Darling situation where a one just struggles mightily. And then you go with the other guy until he starts to struggle. But then you go back to Crawford. So it, that's really just a head games for a goalie. Crawford knew that was his crease and it was only a matter of time with Darling. If Crawford or Leonard lose their crease to the other one in the playoffs, uh, <laughs> that could that could damage you. And then you get back in. It's like, this is my chance. And you're clenching your stick tighter. And I don't know. I don't like going into a playoff series with two number one goalies. You would think that'd be the smartest thing to do. Because, oh, I, I could just switch the goal. But it's it's such a head game. I, it's bad. Yeah, and I think you're... At that point, you're kind of like you would prefer to have. Um, another, you'd prefer to ride one. Yeah, guy. and you prefer to have that five or six million dollars in cap space used to Elsewhere. yeah to a forward somebody that can help you out who's not on the bench but eating up you know a substantial part of your salary cap here. So, yeah, uh, well, especially because, you know, everyone's saying Hawks have 11 million. Let's use it. Uh, I'm saying no, don't trade assets. But you also got to keep in mind, we got some contracts that we need to sign for next year, too. So we don't want to, you know, we're, we're already going to be over the cap with performance bonuses. Let's not <coughs> let's not do anything crazy where we're going to affect how next year plays out right. too. Um, so Kubelik needs a contract. Strom needs a contract. Both goalies need a contract. Someone's going to have to be moved whether we like it yeah. or not. And I think you're, you're looking at like, you're looking at hopefully, you know, they can move a couple of these guys buying out Ole Amato. And we, as we've discussed is a, is an option. Um, and a good one at that. Because um, you're going to need to make room for Ian Mitchell. And his buyout is what? Uh, one year of 600000 or two years at 600000 yeah. on the cap? I mean, I take that any day over watching Olimata play for 3.5 or whatever the hell he makes. He makes, I think, Olimata makes four, $4 million, So Unreal. Unreal. He's awful. But his <laughs> buyout is only but, 680000 Yeah, I'm I'm all in. Buy him out. Um, but let's let's also look to the rest of the NHL because we, we kind of agree, and I think I would hope most people don't want the Hawks to go out there and blow their first and go 100%. Like, you got to kind of balance between now and the future at this point. But there's some interesting teams – Again, uh, I don't. I don't know if I don't think we said this in the podcast, but we said it in person. Uh, gonna be a slower trade deadline, at least, because I I don't know. Are teams like Buffalo and Montreal gonna sell? We know Toronto. Really, it's all or nothing now, so they can't be sellers. Um, and they don't have a first, so they probably can't be buyers either. But 
there's a lot of teams vying for last spots. Buffalo, Montreal, they can't do it. They can't be sellers every year. I don't think Nashville is going to be too hot on the sellers market. Uh, I think we disagree on Minnesota, though. You don't think they're going to be sellers, do you? I think if they go on a little bit of a run here right before the trade deadline, it might be harder to sell that to their fan base. Uh, um, I I think they're in a different spot, though, than a team like the Hawks, where I say they should stand pat, uh, maybe move a goalie, but you might get a roster player in that exchange. It might kind of be even with uh, some extra assets going your way. I don't think Minnesota has the prospect pool to just go for it. Also, the age of their roster, I think they got to sell no matter where they're at in the standings. I think there's too many teams to jump, and I think if they get in, they get smoked. Yeah. You know, there's one team that I'd love to see, that I'm real curious to see what they're going to do, and um, that would be the uh, the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, they don't have a whole lot of draft picks this year. They Their second rounder's gone, and their third rounder's gone. Um, they do have a pick from Toronto. Uh, in the third round this season, but they are able to add thirty-one million dollars in deadline cap space. So, but who who are they going to go for in the West? My my sellers are San Jose, Anaheim, L.A., and Minnesota, with the potential of Nashville. And then in the East, I mean, it, Detroit could sell all they want. They don't have much. I'd want New Jersey really. Doesn't have much. They they'll move Vatnin and Subban maybe. They'll, that those will be the targets, but not much there. Ottawa, Ottawa, you could probably do Claire. I'd be interested in, interested to see Colorado try it. They might go for a guy like Duclair, who yeah, he's putting up ridiculous numbers in Ottawa, but that could solidify a third line right. or even a fourth line. The Devils also do have. You know, like uh, Sammy Vatnin and Andy Green, who are expiring contracts. I could see Colorado adding a Sammy I think Vatnin and Subban. So, yeah, I see Vatnin and Subban getting moved out of New Jersey. Subban's tough because he's if got they that $9 million dollar cap hit. But if New Jersey's going to suck of it's, for a few years, New Jersey could Doesn't Nashville have no. part of it, too, or no? Was It oh, It was a yeah, straight, straight trade. trade. So, yeah, that's unfortunate. You're, you're thinking, like, for... For that, I mean, the Devils are probably going to suck Who do you for think Lance? So you probably oh. could. The Devils could. Feasibly take about half yeah, of that. Yeah, the Devils could probably eat $3 million of that for the next two seasons after this one. And because mm-hmm. they have 12 rosters, 12 guys assigned next year with a projected. Uh, cap space of 26 million so they'll have really no issues in filling out their roster um and and they're in the hunt for another top pick who's gonna get have entry level deal for the next three years uh another guy new jersey is gusev i mean they went kind of all in on him, and they i mean new jersey sucks another team could could see him as a potential pickup uh, also, Montreal picking up Kovalchuk, kind of breathing a little new life in him. It's another uh, interesting option. But the big guy is where does Kreider land? Who wants? Because I don't think 
you know, we mentioned Duclair. I mentioned Duclair to 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 Colorado, kind of solidifying a bottom six, but they don't need another top six guy. So I I wonder who pays big for Kreider. Yeah, Kreider's got a, mo- a modified no trade clause, which he, so he submits has, he has a role in that. Yeah, he submits an eleven teams that he does not want to be traded to. So he can be traded to 20 other teams or 19 other teams. Um, yeah. So I doubt Colorado's though, not going to be on that li- or going to be on that list. I think a lot of people would like to go to Colorado right now. Yeah. And especially with their team friendly deals, they all have, um, they'll be good for yeah, a while. And they, they're young defensemen. I mean, eventually you're going to have to, Resign some of these guys like Kale McCarr is up at the end of next season. Um, but they have the money and I don't think they're going to go crazy in this or next deadline. I think they like their team. Uh, guys like Duclair or uh, like a Kovalchuk or somebody random who's, who's playing a top six role now, but would fit, slot into a third, maybe even fourth line role in Colorado. Right. Uh, and then a guy like Kovalchuk could even be a power play specialist for you. Yeah, yeah. You dump him on your third, fourth line. Uh, he's probably not going to play the best there, but you put him on your your power play unit, your second line, your second unit. He'll pot you a few goals. Yeah, probably, probably. I would. What I what I can see happening is I can see these teams that are like a Buffalo, Montreal. I could see them making. I can see a lot of hockey trades happening. It might not be like the most splashiest NHL trade deadline, but I could see, you know, we're going to give this guy a change of scenery to get, to get this guy who we think needs a change of scenery. I can see a lot of that happening. This, this trade deadline where uh, there's just not enough sellers. No, like you, you're in the sellers that you do have. They've been terrible for so long. They don't have the assets to, big, yeah. to give up. Your big names moving are going to be Kreider, Vatnin, Toffoli. You may see Thornton get moved. Uh, I mean, we mentioned Leonard. That's not even from a selling team. That's just, that would end up being a hockey trade. So, yeah, I it's going to be more boring. But there are some big solid second line second pairing d out there to be had right like you know i'm looking at detroit's roster right now and you know who who do they move though they're not moving mantha larkin bertuzzi because that's who they want to kind of grow with so that's a team boy that are yeah athanaseo could be <laughs> a guy they could move. Yeah. He didn't seem to be all that interested in playing there this season. Or so <laughs> with their contract. DeKaiser could get moved. Yeah. And you got the other. That's not that exciting. Yeah. But you can also get your Mike Green, Jonathan, uh, yeah. your Erickson, and, Tre- and uh, Trevor Daly could probably play, get moved, dealt again on the deadline. All those dudes have. He asked for a trade. Trevor Daly. Yeah, he's not even on a playoff team. He's not even playing. I he's got to hang him up at the end of the year. He's rough. <laughs> yeah, Trevor Daly. 
has a 15 team no trade list. Uh, uh, Jonathan Erickson has a 19 team no trade list. And <laughs> Mike Green, Erickson, uh, Mike Green has a no trade clause until February 1st, 2020. So it's expired, which becomes a modified no trade where the player submits a 10 team no trade call, no trade. So the, I mean, they could make some movement, but they're not the, they're not the sexy team, uh, in terms of assets. You look at New Jersey, or not, uh, yeah, New Jersey to a degree, but Rangers, Kings, Sharks, they've got better assets you that could be had. Right. Uh, your second liners, your, your, uh, second pairing D. Uh, I mean, Kreider is a first line player, really. He could put up some good points. He could play on a first line. But the other guys, it's not, like you said, it's not going to be the the trade deadline with the big names being moved. Not this year. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think that will be the case. Uh, I'm sure TSN will have a lot of free time to fill the airwaves on their... Going to be a slow Monday morning. Yeah, it seems like more trades are made on July one now than there are <clears throat> on trade deadline day. Well, well, the trade deadline day means nothing. It's February when teams are making that decision. They want to be the first team to kind of make that big move to set the market to to be the domino because they're gonna. If I have Kreider, I don't want teams to fall out of the race. I want I want this to be a bidding more. I want to get more than he's worth. Because if teams are like, oh, I'll just take to Foley, all right, they're out. Prices go down. Right. And you also don't want to Foley to affect your market. It could affect you positively, but to be the guy to make that first move, to set the market, to get what you want, to have the most people bidding on your player – it's gonna is gonna benefit you the most, and that's why you you don't see trade deadline trade deadline day still has a ton of trades, but and by a ton I mean like if you're moving if there's 15 moves in a day we haven't had 15 moves in the last 90 days, right. so so it's uh it's still a big day, but all the big moves happen earlier, yeah, or right at three o'clock, yeah, like the last possible second. So it's it's pretty slow day the last few years <laughs> until the end, uh, but it's a February is a fun month because you'll start seeing moves. I mean, if we're recording next on the tenth, hypothetically, we could be talking about two trades right. already, and hopefully we are. Um, I'd I'd like for that to get some news here because it's been kind of <laughs> we'll have more Hawks talk yeah. at least. It's been a it's been a slow like. 10 12 days of hockey yep. in chicago <laughs> yeah so all right, i think that's a good stopping point so yeah i mean we we hit everything we talked about we said we we're going to talk about and then some um but yeah oh we have a facebook now but pretty much everyone listening to this probably knows that <laughs> so follow us on facebook we'll probably be more active on there uh we'll also have a new logo and cover photo probably before we record next so that'll be cool yeah that'll be that'll be nice to be able to 
to change our our logos up and our uh, podcast cover art. Well, I. <laughs> well, here I'll be. Well, the, the podcast cover art. We might need to talk to our friend. Uh, probably should plug him because he does freelance work. Uh, so if you're looking for graphic design, Ju- uh, Julian Griffin's your guy. Uh, you can find him on Facebook. He's also got a website, also Julian Griffin. But uh, I do, I do want to. I don't want to also shit on our current logo. Uh, a guy made that for us as well for free, and it was like a quick little job. But I thought it looked pretty good, so I did want to thank Zach Jerem for that. He also has a podcast that does very well, and he. Uh, so yeah, I'll I'll plug that for him for doing the one logo. Uh, but I can't remember the name. Tony help the, what the, their the, podcast, oh, the Windy's, their podcast. Oh, the, he is a co-host of the windy city benders podcast. Uh, pretty much similar yes. to what we do here. Uh, except they got four guys that are on. Yeah. Different personalities and stuff, but they're good guys. They help with that logo. So always good to plug people who do nice things for everyone. Oh, for sure. So for sure. They so, go, um, go give them a listen there on all your stereotypical podcast apps spotify apple apple Podcasts, google Podcasts. i'm assuming um they're where we yeah. are and then uh for when you see our new cover photo and logo if you like them uh just on facebook search julian griffin it couldn't be an easier name to find or just talk to one of us yeah <laughs> he's been a friend of ours since we were 10 so yeah and <laughs> Easy guy to turn to. Yep, and just go and uh, uh, if you're interested in if you can't get a hold of one of us, just co- leave a comment on one of our Facebook posts. Um, yeah. But more importantly, follow us on our Facebook if you aren't already. Uh, it's not, it hasn't been active as of late, but we plan to get in there and whenever something breaks, we'll throw in our two cents. Uh, you know, we, we both have full-time jobs, so <laughs> it won't be like, on the second responses, but well, we, you know, it will put our stuff out there in between podcasts. So we're not so infrequent, even if we do, uh, we'll probably start getting more regular moving forward, but it, it'll be nice to be more active with it. And we, we both have access to it. So, you know, you'll, you'll get a little bit of both our opinions in there. Oh, for sure. The, uh, It'll be nice to get active on that. And if you want to follow us on our personal Twitter accounts, I'm just at tgelski10 on Twitter. Um, Andy, do you know your – I think you're just Andy Mysack. I don't – yeah, I don't tweet. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram. I post there the most. It's mostly just the drawings and other interest other than hockey that I have. But that's cool. I'm not active on social. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I usually active just to get <laughs> in arguments with people on Facebook. So, yeah, I, 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 I'm the most boring person to, to follow on social. If you follow GM hockey podcast, that, that'll be me. Right. I'll post there. So there you go. I'll... That's, that's a dumb place to end right. for us. All right. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we appreciate uh, you taking the time out of your day and listening to to this podcast. I think we went close to an hour today, so yeah, a little long, but you know, we'll we'll be shorter, obviously, when there's 
more frequent uploads. So uh, plan for the 12th, I think both of our schedules, I mean, we should be able to do no, that or 10th. Yeah. Sorry. And uh, I mean, once we're once a week, they'll be back to 40 minutes. Like we started. Right. All right. Thank you all for listening and uh, we will see you next time.